Hello everyone and welcome to the 31st episode of Encrypted. Encrypted is a weekly podcast dedicated to guiding you through the blockchain and crypto universe. I am recording here from Area 2071 here in Dubai and joining me is Aniket who is also remotely recording but somewhere else. Where are you Aniket? Yeah, I'm based out of Chandigarh now. Hey guys, finally glad to be back on Encrypted. I'm really excited for today's episode. So I'm a uh, would you like to introduce the man of the hour? Absolutely. So today's special guest is Mr. Sandeep Newal. Hopefully I didn't butcher your name. Say hello, Sandeep. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, this is uh, Sandeep uh, from Matic. Uh, you know, looking forward to this episode of uh, Encrypted today. Yeah. Um, great to have you on. So Sandeep is the COO of Matic Network which is a really, really interesting project in the blockchain ecosystem. And today we're going to be basically exploring what Matic is, where it does, and why it really exists. And so um, without further ado, um, Sandeep, could you introduce yourself um, briefly and also introduce um, Matic? So as uh, Ahmad briefly mentioned that I am uh, the, uh, currently the COO of Matic Network. Matic Network is a layer two scaling platform. Uh, this is slightly a technical definition, but we'll get to that more uh, during the course of the podcast. So it's a layer two scaling platform for blockchains, which helps provide massive scalability to transactions to the uh, transactions of the blockchain so that you know, mass, masses can use blockchain applications, decentralized applications at a much lower cost and a much better user experience. So, so that's in a very nutshell, uh, Matic is. Sorry. Um, sorry. I, I'd also say um, to everyone, this is like quick disclosure. Uh, me and Aniket, we advise Matic network. So everything we say is like non-investment advice. It's all information um, based, right? Just as a quick disclosure. So yeah, uh, so Matic always says that, uh, you know, you guys focus on user experience. So what does this user experience mean uh, in, you know, blockchain terms? Yeah, so basically user experience, especially on blockchain comprises of, uh, you know, two, three things right now, which are plaguing the system. So, you know, to give you a very brief example, for example, for example, you know, if a user has to, you know, download a, download any app these days, for example, Facebook. So, you know, the first thing that, that to get onboarded is that he doesn't have to pay anything. He simply goes and downloads the app and, you know, then starts interacting with it. And, you know, it, even in the interactions, the, the interactions are incredibly fast. Like, for example, if I have to upload a picture or I have to, you know, uh, put a post on Facebook, it's very easy, fast and, and you know, and simple. The problem with blockchain is that since it, it's still being a nascent technology, there is a lot of technical things involved, you know, for the new user to get onboarded to the, to the uh, you know, blockchain space. Then secondly, the users, in order to do transactions on the blockchain, they have to basically, you know, buy some coins with which, uh, you know, they can pay the gas fees and or, or the transaction fees or whatever. And, uh, you know, 
the and then that transaction fees at times you know varies drastically at times it can be very very high uh, and you know we have seen dollar 30 you know transaction fees for bitcoin during the peak of 2017 and even for the ethereum which is supposed to be a application platform on blockchains you know even there also the fees for transactions varies from half a dollar to 5 dollar so transaction fees is is also one thing and the in the last and one more important thing is the speed of the transaction confirmation so even when ethereum is is expected to be a application platform a single transaction to confirm roughly takes about 15 seconds so imagine you using a decentralized twitter where you are making a tweet and it takes 15 seconds to you know uh, confirm the tweet and you have to pay half a dollar for that right so so when i talk about blockchain ux or blockchain based application ux i talk about all of these things one is that the cost of the doing the transaction or interacting with the network the second is the speed of the network you know response time you can call it or in that sense and and you know the third was the technicalities involved about it so what at matic we are trying to do is that we are trying to you know solve all of these problems so matic network as i briefly mentioned that it's a layer 2 scaling platform so it provides fast transactions at a very low cost so it solves the first two problems uh, for the users and then on the third side it you know about the technicalities of the of of using blockchain applications so there also matic is providing a lot of tooling you know tooling for the developers which which using which they can make it very easy for the developer to you know to 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 interact with the blockchain applications and the end goal is that the blockchain becomes invisible for the end user and they you know are simply interacting with an application focusing on the features of the application or the uses of that particular mm-hmm. application so okay. that in the nutshell is is about ux yeah All right, so you, I, I think you covered just a lot in in that answer. Um, so f- first of all, um, you, you mentioned um, in the beginning scalability was a problem and UX is a problem, um, and you also mentioned layer two. Can you sort of quick, like, just briefly explain what layer two means? Um, sure. That that's important to help solve. Um, a the problem of scalability which you mentioned or you could also like describe a bit more and also the 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 ux problem as well sure so uh, when we talk when we say layer 2 so let me first talk talk about the terminology so when we say layer 2 so layer 2 is 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 basically off chain computations of the transactions of blockchain and you know automatically layer 1 is actually the transactions on the on a particular blockchain so let's say for example if i talk about layer 2 solution on bitcoin blockchain so the bitcoin blockchain in itself would be layer 1 and then any solution for example lightning network built on top of a bitcoin blockchain would be layer 2 similarly for ethereum so matic is a layer 2 solution right now for ethereum in future it will add more blockchains but for for you know the for the present scenario so the ethereum blockchain is the layer 1 and matic network and matic network kind of solutions are sort of trying to act as layer 2 that is that is you know a, a platform on top of ethereum uh, you know base blockchain uh, and you know which can which can take a large number of transactions at much lower cost and you know faster response time and then still be able to use the security features of of you know 
the base blockchain so let it's me Sandeep, take uh, a step sorry yeah. to interrupt you in between uh, so yeah i was just coming to your point what you were saying about security so whenever mm-hmm. we talk about layer 2 or off chain solutions of course it i mean results in compromise in decentralization and security so just would you like to you know enlighten our user our our listeners more on uh, how matic takes care of security and decentralization in the off chain solution that you guys are providing correct correct so so you know to 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 explain that in in detail so you know we may have to take a step back and see how layer 1 behaves so layer 1 right. basically you know provides the security using the network economics and the game theory uh, and you know those kind of considerations economic kind of considerations on the layer 1 and which actually trade off with the scalability so basically it trades off doing a large number of transactions on the layer 1 with the security and the you know the 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 stability of the blockchain that is the consensus mechanism of the of the blockchain so you know essentially because we know that what what essentially a blockchain is that sing, a single uh, you know kind of transaction or w- whether you call it a computation happens on all the computers that are there in the network so automatically if you are running let's say you are running a particular software on all the nodes on the network then each node has to communicate with each other and say you know and verify that everybody else has you know done the same computations and things like that due to that the layer 1 is inherently a bit slow right so to solve those problems the layer 2 tries to you know take some of the computations off chain and do the transactions over there a quick point regarding what you said so it, you what you what you're basically describing is um that that scalability trilemma which was described by Vitalik Buterin um yes he said that okay if you have sort of like a triangle and on each side of the triangle there is decentralization scalability or security you could only have two out of these three and essentially you're Correct. saying that layer 1 you could only have decentralization and security but you can't have the third thing which is scalability so it's exactly. a bit like yeah. the trilemma of between sort of uh, work family and health right and you can only choose two. yeah so exactly yeah yeah i just wanted to mention that in a very layman kind of terms uh, so you know that's why i didn't use the scalability trilemma kind of heavy words but you mentioned it exactly the right way that you know out of scalability security and decentralization you have to choose you know two and mm-hmm. uh, you know the layer one chooses decentralization and and you know security okay. and it trades off that with scalability yeah. okay. now with with layer 2 kind of solutions what happens is that you know since you already have a layer 1 to rely upon you know using some cryptographic methods i will not go into the technical details of this but mm-hmm. since you already have some part of the scalability or some part of the security and decentralization on the chain one like the base one base chain or layer 1 you can actually do some sort of cryptographic you know uh, you know cryptographic Uh, mechanisms so that you can get the same security on the on the layer 2 while still getting a large amount of scale which is which was not possible on layer 1 so how matic does is as aniket had had asked that how matic takes care of this is that matic actually has three layers of computation okay or three layers of basically uh, you know the network participants so the base layer is of course the layer 1 where you know there is a smart contract which receives the you know the various kind of cryptographic proofs 
that is happening on the side that are happening on the side chain like the transactions that are happening on the side chain and then in between there is a large decentralized layer of validators which validate what is actually happening on the on the chain which is the third layer where there are block producers so the block producers are basically the guys who are actually running the computation and and you know to increase the scale what 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 matic network does is that there are less number of participants who will be producing the blocks so that they can you know coordinate faster and they can produce large amount of uh, computation over there but then you know so scalability like we were talking about the tri triangle so scalability is achieved at that layer the block producer layer now you know the other the second layer which is the validator layer as i told you the the middle layer that is a very highly decentralized layer and the the work of that layer is and that layer is economically incentivized to validate all the transactions that are happening on the main on on the on the side chain right so they validate all the transactions and every 5 minutes they sort of batch all the transactions that have happened or all the blocks that are produced on the side chain and they put a cryptographic proof onto the main chain on ethereum okay so basically basically these three layers are involved so the layer the layer 2 which is the blockchain itself that has you know computation going on and there is a consensus mechanism that happens over there so there is that is the first layer of security the second layer of security is with the validators which is a highly decentralized layer so they follow a proof of stake uh, you know consensus mechanism and every 5 minutes they are putting a proof onto the main chain so on the main chain you can use some sort of smart contracts called fraud proofs where anybody from the public can come and and you know validate any transaction that has happened on the side chain so now if you see this three layered architecture in the context of that trilemma so you will see that the scalability is being achieved on the layer 2 using the side chain and then the other two parts which is the decentralization and security that is being achieved using the validator layer and the ethereum main chain and that precisely is is somewhere you know in some form is the concept of plasma so i actually you know you know just gave a brief a view of plasma itself in in that you know okay uh, so could could yeah. you could you explain a bit more about the fraud proof so is that like is that related to the cryptographic proofs so like if i were to actually um if i was one of these validators um you know putting out um these sort of proofs um onto a uh, um onto the ethereum main chain right um then how would how would people know what what i did is right or or not yeah correct so as i as i mentioned in my in my explanation before that this is a very highly decentralized layer so it's not like one validator is pushing that proof onto the main onto the ethereum main chain right so there is a there would be like more than 100 to 150 uh, participants in that validator layer and all of them have to have to go through a consensus so they use a tendermint consensus which is like this is the base consensus is tendermint and it has been heavily customized uh, you know for the matic blockchain mm -hmm. so they do a consensus amongst them that okay this is the proof for these for these past 5 minutes of computations and if two thirds of them do not agree on the proof the proof doesn't go to the main chain so it's it's just like how bitcoin operates so you know if the the majority of uh, you know the uh, the the participants in the in the network are agreeing on per one particular thing which is what we call consensus then only it goes to the ethereum main chain yeah okay 
Sandeep, so you said, uh, as we know as well, that uh, Matic is based on the top of Plasma Network. So what do you think uh, is, is lacking in the existing Plasma net- Network that's it's already not live yet? Yeah. So, uh, you know, b- one of the basic uh, the problems that have been there with the existing Plasma solutions is that most of them are UTXO based applications. So this is a technical term for unspent transaction. Yeah, please enlighten so, us. Yeah. What is UTXO? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So UTXO is basically, uh, you know, simply a cryptographic proof of you having some sort of asset on a blockchain, right? And it's slightly easier to create proofs uh, of, of off-chain computation using UTXOs. That's why many Plasma, you know, implementations or original Plasma, you know, fr- framework was written, uh, keeping in mind UTXOs because it's easier to create proofs using UTXO. But then they create other problems, which again are very technical in, in nature, but they create other problems in terms of usability and, and you know, the user experience. Plus, you know, beyond a particular scale, they they start they stop becoming uh, or they stop being you know being able to create easier proofs so matic network is basically account based plasma approach so this is one of the very few approaches in in plasma which use account based model that means you know in a very nutshell if i say that ethereum is account based and bitcoin is utxo based so all the other plasma implementations they essentially try to use a bitcoin kind of uh, you know uh, bitcoin kind of sidechain on the layer 2 and but whereas we use account based uh, you know sidechain which is like ethereum kind of sidechain on the layer 2 so that enables us uh, first you know it enables us uh, the transactions which is enabled by UTXOs also. The second thing is also enables is that we can, you know, have smart contracts or some sort of limited smart contract functionality also on the side chain. And once in future, the generic fraud proofs are available or there are techniques to, you know, verify all sorts of com- computations on the side chain on the main chain, then you can have full blown, uh, you know, uh, Pla- uh, smart contracts backed by plasma securities but but that is more like technical stuff i don't want to right now get into that uh, mm-hmm. but essentially what i was saying is that matic network how matic network is different is that this is a account based plasma approach rather than the utxo based approach and that gives us a lot of benefits in terms of the usability of the network the speed of the transactions the proofs that we the kind of proofs that we submit onto the main chain and also one key thing is that developer experience so for any kind of ethereum developer who is developing uh, you know on top of ethereum he automatically is a matic developer because you know on the side chain we are using a blockchain which is exactly like ethereum so you know it's very easy for the developers to migrate to the side chain um all right cool so thank you for for that explanation and how, how about um sort of other solutions that are also doing layer two such as scale or um loom network from my understanding um again you don't have to be too technical but what, what are the um the differences between sort of your implementation compared to others sure so uh, basically loom network is more of a so first let me get back to the previous question and a brief uh, you know clarification that i had to make is that plasma is is not a technical solution it's a framework 
and okay. then many people are trying to build various kind of flavors around it okay so uh, so you know so matic network loom network and you know in some part scale and you know things like that although scale never says that they are formally a plasma implementation but still there are there are you know three four projects like that who are trying to you know build their flavor of uh, you know plasma omisego of course was the only original one who started with with it so loom network if you say they are precisely uh, you know uh, a plasma cache implementation whereas matic network is more of a plas more viable plasma these are basically flavors of plasma within the plasma community so matic is more like a more viable plasma whereas loom network is a you know plasma cache implementation and uh, you know scale has a different kind of uh, you know a model with them so i'll i'll get into these these two things that first exact you know what exactly is the difference between them so plasma cache which is used by loom network that is primarily suitable for nfts so nfts are basically non fungible tokens so the the most famous example of that is uh, you know crypto kitties so crypto kitties basically these are collectibles or you know assets that you can own over the blockchain and uh, so zoom so loom network uses plasma cache's implementation so that you know in terms of its differences with matic so we believe that nft kind of model that is more suitable to games whereas what what matic is trying to build is more like a generic solution which can support you know all kinds of defi uh, you know use cases so defi is decentralized finance so you know gaming is of course uh, is one important use case and you know that you know uh, you know many uh, big gaming companies like you know decentraland and pocket for quarters and chain breakers and and things like that they are already trying to build uh, you know games uh, on on matic uh, so gaming is of course one important key area for us but apart, so we but we are not only focused on gaming you know general finance decentralized finance use cases and other you know blockchain use cases are also uh, very important to us so so in that way uh, you know matic chain is slightly different from loom network uh, regarding scale network in terms of the operations and user experience i think that will lie more closer to you know the overall experience with the matic network blockchain but although on the uh, on the on the you know the network topology side uh, you know scale network would be slightly different from us because you know they believe in the dapp chains like so, so dapp chain is basically saying that every particular application will have their own chain and mm-hmm. you know whereas matic network you know side chains are public side chains just like on ethereum anybody can go and they are live and anybody can go and deploy their you know smart contracts and build their application on that whereas you know as i mentioned that scale is more of a dapp uh, you know chain which is every dapp developer have to create a chain of their own and you know there the more the difference lies in the the kind of vision that we see you know how future can be and we you know are we don't we don't believe that the future is going to be like the end users will be running you know a chain or light clients for every dapp chain or every dapp mm-hmm. they are using so we believe that you know users will be interacting with us with the easy interface you know singular uh, you know network uh, where they can they can run the dapp that they are using 
so you know having dapp specific chains is also one important difference between matic and uh, you know scale and that also kind of slightly uh, you know applicable to loom network also now that, that that is interesting because i i'd assume that uh you know with the current landscape of uh you know all these layer 1 um chains that we have which um of course does not have as much scalability that it, it should have to to allow blockchain to go mainstream therefore of course you'd have you know you'd have a lot of projects trying to solve this problem um which is a which is a really big problem in the in the, in this space and something that we've um actually alluded to many times um in, in the podcast so to sort of go back to on standmatic a bit more um when did you guys start um you know who's part of the team what um uh you know the sort of the history behind matic so uh, you know uh, interestingly we were also uh, you know part of plasma uh, you know contributors group uh, you know that was originally started by the you know the open uh, you know open source team but primarily mm-hmm. led by omisego developers and then uh, like you know jenty who's the ceo of matic he has been uh, you know a, a, a great contributor to open spo- open source space uh, and then you know plasma also and he built the like the first ever uh, plasma mvp uh, minimum viable plasma at that time it was the second flavor of plasma i think so he uh, you know developed the first ever uh, working app implementation of that and you know since we were also the part of or you know watching plasma you know research very closely we realized that there are there are going to be user experience and usability problems and implementation challenges and you know a large large number of those reasons actually came out to be true because we are now sitting in 2019 and we still don't have the like the official you know plasma mainnet from uh, you know misego because of those challenges that we saw so you know we 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 thought about the problem we thought around the problem and then you know jenty came out with the idea of you know doing this account based implementation and then you know he started working on a poc and we already knew because we uh, i and anurag who are the other two co-founders we all three have been active in the indian uh, you know blockchain space so we you know kind of uh, joined our hands to, in terms of building that Uh, building the building the product and once the poc was complete and we realized that you know the power it has uh, then we you know officially you know left whatever we are doing to, doing before that and you know joined hands to fully focus on matic around you know january or february 2018 and we have been building uh, you know the product and the team for last uh, you know i think around one year or more than that and now we have a team of uh, you know uh, uh, already we have a team of 10 uh, uh, you know developers in house and then we have uh, you know on early basis also on contractual basis also we have two three developers and we are ramping up our hiring also so now it's a you know sort of a big product and we have we are moving very close to the alpha mainnet of ours which we you know think will come out very soon and then people can actually see the experience of developing and interacting with applications on matic network very soon yeah so that's nice, kind nice. of about the stage yeah so the entire team is based out of india and uh, you know i've been observing indian ecosystem for for quite few months now uh, lately we are we seeing that uh, indian government is you know bit off crypto so in this uh, you know regulatory conditions 
how do you keep uh, you know your team motivated and how do you keep building when the government and the regulations are not favorable for crypto in india yeah so basically uh, you know although the research team is based out of india but matic network as a company and an entity is based out of uh, you know singapore and you know our token issuer firm which is which is going to be issuing the matic tokens is based out of uh, you know uh, british virgin islands so you know the team is team in india is purely a research team so they are you know virtually insulated from the you know any kind of regulatory <laughs> you know uncertainties although but still i think like i am a big believer in the independent uh, you know culture of india and i don't think that governments are ever really going to ban it it will like even now the crypto is not banned although the sentiment that is out there in the world is that there is you know some some sort of ban in india but actually yeah. you know the reserve bank of india played a very smart move by simply asking or recommending its constituent banks Uh, and rbi is the only entity in india which issues bank licenses so they simply ask their banks that please don't support the exchanges that's it otherwise there is no formal uh, you know uh, regulation on 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 crypto in india as of yet and i don't think that india being a progressive country like it is it is going to ban crypto altogether it is not going to happen at best they will give it a asset kind of uh, you know classification in the financial uh, you know ecosystem and it will you know keep growing the way it is going um all right cool no that's that's interesting so you basically you i think this is the first time you actually mentioned token um on the podcast which is actually really funny um so <laughs> explain why you guys need basically the token mechanism and everything correct correct so yeah so so you know that's that's one of the you know main questions these days any kind of uh, you know uh, crypto uh business uh, you know whether they need a token or not so you know at the very outset i want to you know say that we also believe in the same that you know 99% of the tokens that are out there in the market are not required the only kind of tokens that really you know are required are the network tokens so matic network token is actually the network token what i mean by network token is that these tokens are required to participate in the consensus mechanism and secure the network so matic network since it's a layer 2 you know network in itself it's a you know proper blockchain in itself a full blown blockchain itself so it requires its incentive mechanism just like any other blockchain uh, you know system requires like bitcoin or ethereum or anything else so you know they require their own network economics network security uh, you know to 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 you know keep the network secure and also matic network is proof of stake prematic network uses proof of stake mechanism so in proof of stake basically the participants in the network have to stake their their you know security deposits in you know in some some sort of asset in order to become the participant to the network and get transaction fees and then you know in in return in return to that transaction fees and block rewards of uh, in the network they have to put the security now the question is that whether you can put that security in any other asset so how like you can ask that why don't people why can't uh, you know the the validators put their stake in simply ethereum or you know uh, bitcoin or for for that matter any stable coin well the the, the fact of the matter is that any network you know if you want to secure 
and actually it's very clearly mentioned in the plasma you know original framework by vitalik buterin and joseph fun also that you know to secure a network you require its own own uh, you know asset native asset why it's that required is that when you are staking uh, you know the staking your security deposit in the network token what happens is that if you go against the network then the the um, the, the the value of your security deposit which you has which you had initially put in to participate in the network also goes down now to to give you an example for example you were you were using ethereum to stake into the network and then you had you found some vulnerability vector or attack vector in the network and you did some sort of fraud and then you left away with the money now even in that scenario since your security money was in was in ether or any other asset the value of ether or that particular asset whatever you are using is still retained because you know you actually did not break the the larger ethereum network or bitcoin network mm-hmm. right but when your security is in the native network token and you try and you have an you know vulnerability which you exploit the value of your security deposit also drastically goes down and those the proof of stake securities are always logged for a particular amount of period so when you withdraw them at that time your security goes down so the amount of security in the network you know directly coordinates with directly correlates with the amount of security deposits that are being deposited on the network so that's the first part and secondly matic network token matic network uh, token is also used as transaction fees in the network just like ethereum does so you know if you have to think about the value of matic token so it will be somewhere like you know the 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 proof of stake network mechanism proof of stake consensus mechanism uh, you know the demand or uh, the 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 value that is being driven from there at plus mm-hmm. the the kind of value where you know what what ethereum derives although that there is there is a you know lot of theory in the in the space that you know transaction or gas fees tokens do not account for that much value of the token but what i'm trying to say is that it has two utilities the token has two utilities first it is used as a transaction second it is also used as a staking mechanism on the network so that's right. why matic token is required yeah all right and um i'm looking through your sort of telegram channel as well and i can see it's quite active um interesting that it's active in a bear market um and people are asking questions about the potential ico token economics um what can you share what can't you share um i think this will be interesting for people who want to know more sure so you know we want to build a large uh, crypto uh, you know large crypto community behind matic network and we believe that the success of any uh, you know cryptocurrency network lies in the community of the network so we we are we are you know thinking on doing a large amount of public sale and a very like very small private sale which is actually different than what you know the the projects of late have been doing they do a large public sale a large private sale and very small public sale we want to do something different we want to do a large public sale uh, you know to get more and more community members involved uh, uh you know in the in the overall network value and you know so so that that's the current thought process right now and you know we are trying out of you know figuring out the logistics around doing the public sale the private sale the small public sale private sale that we wanted to do 
so we have uh, you know finalized the most part of it so yeah that's done and now we are looking towards a public sale yeah um any dates regarding the the public sale so i cannot give you a specific date as of now but uh, you know it will be happening very soon all right thank you very much sandeep for for all that thanks lot sandeep for being a part of this episode for those of you who thought that was interesting or um please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast and if you already subscribed please do not um forget to actually rate and review um the podcast channel um we all you can find us on social media um on instagram linkedin um and twitter and also if this was a bit technical for you um do get in touch do let us know if this was technical for you or not um cuz i think this has been by far the most technical um uh session that we've done um one final question for you um for you sandeep where can people find out more about you uh so more about matic so you can uh, you know subscribe to our community cha- community group on telegram uh which is uh, you know at the rate matic network and uh, you know you could also subscribe to our announcements uh on telegram apart from that we are also there on twitter uh, again at the rate matic network so these you know two three sources are the best sources to find about uh, what's latest on matic great stuff thank you very much for coming on thanks and best of luck thanks thanks a lot guys here.